everybody. Welcome to another episode of Podmas with your host Maxine. We're on episode number two. Welcome back. This is the season where we are with family, family whom we like, family whom we don't, right? Um, This is a natural season where we just spend more time with those who are related to us. And because of the pandemic, sometimes that's not even the case for, for some of us. As for me, I am in Houston and I will be staying here for the Christmas and New Year's break because my dad told me, don't come home. He told me, look, he does not feel good about me coming home, primarily because he said how I, you know, being that I live here in Houston now, he is concerned and doesn't want me to get sick. And knowing that I will have to be the one to really aid myself to, to good health again, he just doesn't want that that burden on me. So he would rather not I put myself at risk by going to the airport, by flying and and getting there. And I understood, I understood, but I understood more so with the understanding that, you know, he is at a particular age, so is my mom, and I don't want to get them sick. I don't want them to be at risk at all because of me flying in and somehow getting this, this getting this virus. So that was what I was saying to him, like, okay, I don't want to put you at risk. He's like, no, I don't want to put you at like I don't want you to be the one getting sick and having to take care of yourself all alone. And that's the key word here, all alone. Can we just harp on that for a second? Like, and you know, for those of you who do know, well, I talk about it on the podcast for a little while, but you know, I do have family here in Houston. Technically, I do have family here in Houston, but my family here isn't like my family back home. Okay, my family here is not like my family back home in Boston. And what I'm what I mean by that is there are some stark differences in just character, in behavior, in personality types that I realize is just wow, this is different. And I feel like with here, I'm learning about tough love, if that even is a type of love, honestly, (laughs) toxic love. No, it's not toxic, but it's just my family here is not as jovial or funny or... (laughs) fun to be with. I mean, there's a lot of different things that I see a stark difference in compared to my family back home in Boston. And I think about ultimately, what does love look like when it comes to family? You know, for most of our life, we learned of the saying, love someone unconditionally. Oh, I love you unconditionally. You know, I want to be loved unconditionally. After you know, the few months I've been here, not in my own apartment, in, you know, my uncle's house, I have realized that there are, there is such a thing as loving someone with boundaries, loving someone with conditions. And I'm just so not used to that type of love or that type of perception of love. Because back home, you just, you love freely. You know, you just... You got, you just have each other because of the simple fact that you're family, even though maybe you didn't grow up with that family member, but you're still my family, so I got you. 
here it's totally different totally different and you know, I, I think it's hard to talk about family because it's like, oh, well, it's your family, it's your blood. You know, you got to be grateful. Da, da, da. And yes, I am. But we got to talk about family. We have to talk about family. And we have to understand that not everyone in your family will you like. <laughs> and that's just the goddamn truth. Not everybody who you are related to, who you are sharing blood with, will you like, will you have an understanding with will you have a a bond with unfortunately it's really about do you guys have compatibility do you guys have uh warmth and just kindness towards each other and you know my family down here doesn't really have that I'm trying to say enough without saying too, like I'm not trying to slander anybody, you know what I mean? But it's just it's just it's just really really different. And like for example, like you know, you guys know I'm a I'm an Aquarius, and with this sign, this zodiac sign, um, we are often described as non-committal, very casual, um, somewhat heartless type of thing, right? And I'm, for some parts in my life, that has ring true. Um, that has rung true, but I have grown so much and I realize I am sensitive being, I I need someone who's sensitive. I need someone who, and I'm just talking about just any type of relationship, whether it be a friend, whether it be a colleague, whether it be a a, a partner in my life, I, I like a sensitive approach and Aquarius men compared to Aquarius women are, much worse like if you you know people want to talk shit on Aquarius women but Aquarius men my god they are completely heartless or like um not as warm as you would want someone to be and it's uh it's ringing true in some relationships that I have here um in my family here and it's just it's a rude awakening sometimes because you know when like I always say I don't like small talk I don't like to just say hey how's it going and then we just talk about the same thing over and over again like I want us to really have a conversation I want you to really remember what I just said to you the last conversation and the next time I see you you bring it up again like oh hey how was that how was that show you was preparing for if I told you about a show I was preparing for or hey how was that test that you like you know you know, that just shows that you are listening, you care, you are actually present in this conversation, you know, and you're not just saying shit. And I noticed that, uh, like, some family members here are not interested, <laughs> to say the least. Like, I'm just not interested in really getting to know you, uh, getting, well, me, um, getting, they're just not really family, like, mushy, you know, and Back home in Boston, I have my church family, which is basically my family, because my church home are are people who are who grew up with me, who knew me when I was young, who watched me grow up. Like we have a bond, we have a relationship, and when they, whenever they see me, whenever I come home, it's a warm embrace. It's a mama. They call me mama back home. And you know, they, they, they kiss me. They, they ask me how I'm doing. They, they say if I have a menage yet, which means boyfriend, you know, they, they care. They show their affection. They are affectionate. And 
my niggas out here. <laughs> like, you just really, you're just really in your own lane. It's really, uh, mind your business type of thing. It's really, uh, okay, yeah, I'm living in this house, um, but, uh, I just go to my, uh, space. I go to my own space. I go to my prepared space and stay there. Or if I do stay out in the common area, whatever, I am not really, (laughs) no one's really talking. (laughs) what I'm trying to say but like no one's really talking it's just like a bypass type of conversation and I remember dating a guy here like a year ago and I was like still feeling the same way as I am now and I was just sharing to him I'm like yeah you know I don't understand my family down here like they don't really check in on me and it's not even I know that may sound to some people like damn it's not all about you and it's not and I'm not even saying that I'm saying they don't check in on me even after I have made attempts to, not even attempts, even after I have checked in on them, even though I have made first moves and first initiatives to see how you're doing. I remember a couple of times I reached out to some family members and was like, hey, how's it going? Just thought of you. Hope you're doing well. Or, hey, how you doing? Just like leaving the conversation open to have a conversation. It's not just an open and shut thing. And sometimes I just wouldn't get a response. Other times I'll get a response, but it'll be super delayed. But actually, most times I wouldn't get a response. And I'm just like, huh? So I was sharing that with this guy I was dating a year ago. And he was just completely non-understanding. He was just like, Maxine, they're busy. Why do you think that they're supposed to be waiting up on you? They're busy. Like, just this old motherfucker. Imagine he's not even old, but he's a seasoned person, meaning that he's already had to, I guess, be an adult earlier than he wanted. He is a single father. He has sole custody of his kids. So he has a different perspective in life. But I also just feel like the reason why it didn't work out with him is the same thing that I'm saying now. Like, I need sensitive approach. And he wasn't sensitive. He had more of that tough love type thing. And I don't want my nigga or whomever I'm with to tough love me. Don't tough love me. I don't think that's healthy, honestly. And I get it. You have to show said person um, responsibility, discipline, structure. I totally understand that. And I understand that specifically in the sense of if I'm your child, right? You rear up a child to be responsible. Hey, here's what you do when you cross the street. You have to look both ways. You teach the child, right? But if I am you know, a full-fledged adult, <laughs> And I'm dating you, and your approach to me is childlike. He will speak to me like a child. And maybe I was acting like a child to him in his perspective. Maybe I was, but I just, he had a stick of his ass. He had a stick of his ass. He didn't crack jokes. And y'all know I'm laughing. I'll make a joke out of anything. I will joke with you from dust to dawn. That's just okay. And he just obviously wasn't a nigga for me, but it was just, it was just a clear visualization of oh this is not what I want in any type of partnership I want someone who is sensitive and this is also what I would like to see in all of my relationships like be understanding I'm just I'm just so fucking different it's weird because you know meeting different people and creating different relationships you really get to know you know more people and how they operate and 
where their upbringings have brought them to a point in their life currently. And you see a stark difference in just how people react or respond to different things. Like if someone is just genuine and telling you about something about whatever they're going through, maybe they're sad about something and whether you think it's valid or not, your approach should always be leading with compassion. It should always lead with sensitivity. I'm not saying baby me or coddle me, but in that moment, what he could have said was, hey, you know, damn, they don't even check check in on you. Oh, man. Like, at least validate what I'm saying in that moment, and then you can offer another perspective that can make me see it in a different way. Like, you know, you know, you know, they're, they're probably just really busy, but I understand what you mean. It must be rough texting someone and not getting a response back. You know what I mean? Like, give me that understanding. I have a friend who is very understanding, who would actually listen and hear what I'm saying rather than respond with a uh, with a dismissive tone. So and I'm just that's just what I was just collecting. Like there are some differences between my family down here and my family back home. And I think about what does love look like with condition? You know, can you can you really love someone? and create boundaries and can you truly accept someone and create boundaries like what does that even look like you know I I'm seeing a lot of different posts on social media about what does it mean to love someone with boundaries right and how you can still say no and how and here's the thing what I'm saying is I'm not saying you should just get away with murder when you are in relations with people, right? I'm not saying to just abuse and misuse people just because, oh, well, this is family. We're family. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there should be some level of acceptance when you are in a relationship with someone rather than having them approach you in certain ways is just I don't know I'm trying to explain this in a way that is receptive to, to someone but I hope I'm um I hope someone is understanding what I'm saying um there are let me see what I can find because there were some boundaries that I saw that I can't find it but otherwise what I'm saying is tough love is not the love that I want okay Tough love is not the love that I want. I don't want you to tough love me to death. I don't want you to not say I love you. I don't want you to not say, okay, how you doing? I'm just checking in. I don't want you to not say that. I want you to say I love you. I want you to actually care about what I'm saying. I want you to make me feel wanted and warm. I have a family friend down here who's a friend of the family, right? not related to anyone, is literally just a family friend who's been a family friend for many, many years. And this man has made me feel more welcomed, more um, cared for than my actual blood down here. Isn't that some bullshit? This motherfucker, he would, nothing, I'm not even calling him a motherfucker, I'm saying that endearingly, but he really is a, a great guy. He 
would always be the one to reach out to me, y'all. And I will check in on him too. Not checking on him. Like he's a obviously a much older man. But I would return the favor. But he would always reach out to me and say, hey, how you doing, Maxine? Just want to see how you're doing. You was on my mind. Blessings. But, but like super nice, super caring, and would do this consistently since I moved to Houston. Since I moved to Houston, he has been the one to consistently check in on me, consistently ask how I'm doing, consistently care. My actual blood here don't fucking do shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like a professional relationship the, the with the family that I have down here. It's really weird. I remember when I was in my uh, previous job, when I first moved here, and hated that job, right? Remember, y'all? I-, I walked you guys through that. I was like, I hate this job. I only spent 11 weeks there because I just could not take it. I was the one who told my boss, I'm not happy here. And basically, this is this is uh, my f- my final days here. And um, it-, it wrapped up from there. But in that moment, even prior to that moment, I was immediately feeling unhappy with this job. And I remember... That was like a day or two, my the family friend reached out to me and was just regularly texting me, seeing how I'm doing. And I was just honest and vulnerable with him. I said, you know, I'm struggling. I'm not happy with my job and um, I'm trying to get a new one, but I don't know how or how soon I will get that call back and I'm nervous about what things could look like what if I don't get a call back and then what if I'm forced to go back home and I didn't prepare for that like I wanted to stay in Houston I was just really thinking over everything in my life in that time and I was just so stressed and worried and you know when I stress I stress and he instead of continuing to text me and mind you texting is fine I know some people prefer texting that's fine but in that moment he heard my my fear He heard my anxiety. He heard my worry. And you know what he did? He called me, y'all. Oh my God, I can get emotional. But he called me and he offered wisdom. He offered compassion. He offered advice. He uplifted me. He reminded me, look, you are skillful. You are capable of getting another job. You can do this. Keep faith keep faith a lot like he was just saying everything and he's Haitian, he's a Haitian man too so he was saying it um in his way to uplift me that is just so it was just so impactful to me in that moment I needed that I needed that and I just remember I remember that it was yesterday but I rem- I remember how down and out I was in that moment and for him to call instead of just continually to, to text for him to call it really meant a lot to me, right? So that's the love that I like, right? And I remember in that moment too, right? I, t- I reached out to my uncle. I was like, yeah, um, I'm kind of stressed about this job that I have. I'm not really liking it, X, Y, and Z. And then tell me why his response was, well, good luck on that. <laughs> I don't remember it verbatim, but that's pretty much more or less of what he said. He didn't call me to offer words of wisdom. He didn't call me to give me soundful advice. He didn't call me to show compassion and care. There was none of that. It was just, okay, well, the best of luck to you. Best of luck to me. (laughs) 
like, like I, like I'm studying abroad and I'm just trying to find my way around the damn city of Barcelona. <laughs> and you're saying best of luck to me. Huh? <laughs> I'm crying. Like in that moment, you give sound advice. Best of luck to you. So, and that's, and that's what I'm talking about. Like a lot of people that I've encountered in my family here is just not sensitive or compassionate or just nice like that. <laughs> I, uh, you know, my cousin, God rest her soul, Joanna, I remember it was a year ago and I was just going, I was going through it. I was feeling anxious about my money and because there was a, there was an extended or there was another expense added to my already expense list and I had to replace my tire and I was thinking about that. How can I replace my tire real quick and pay for my rent on time? Because it was just the money was just already overlapping. So I was really stressed about that. And I was immediately thinking of the worst. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be put out on the street. I'm going to be homeless. I'm gonna, I'm, I think the worst. If you want to know how to think the worst, ask me. OK, I will teach you. I will plan out a damn guidebook for how to think the worst. And I called her, and I, mind you, I was not looking for any money. I, and when I call people, I don't be looking for money. I, I just be like, I just need you to get my mind out of this rut. I need you to help me. Because at that time, I didn't really know how to help myself. And now I've gotten better, praise, praise be to God. But I did not know how to help myself. So I reached out to her. I was just calling her because she's always been someone who was uh, non-judgmental, compassionate, very understanding, and oh, I just miss her so much. But I remember in that time, she, um, she took, I was like panicking, right? I was crying, and I was, mind you, I was at work. I was on the campus of my job, and it was in between my, my next class, so I had time to talk on the phone, and I, when I spoke to her, um, she provided me with that calmness that I needed. She just assured me in her voice too. Cause you know, there are some people, and let's talk about my sister for a second. Cause <laughs> she sometimes be worrying with me. Like I don't need that energy. But with Joanne, I remember she responded with calmness in her voice. She was like, okay, everything will be okay. First of all, everything will be okay. Like she, before she said anything else, that's the first thing she said, everything will be okay. And I still remember the way that she said it, her voice. And I would say that to myself. I will replay that memory to myself whenever I feel like things are falling apart. The world is crashing down. I have no control. And oh my goodness, I can't do this. I can't. Whenever I would think negative thoughts, I replay that memory of Joanna saying everything will be okay. So... That's the type of love that I want in my relationships. I I think when we are hard on each other, it doesn't help anybody. <laughs> like, I know you're trying to teach a lesson. I know you're trying to not be taken advantage of. But nigga, no one's trying to take advantage of you. Like, could you actually be warm? <laughs> could you actually say you understand what I'm going through? Could you offer some advice? So when... You know, the episode, a couple episodes ago when I was having a moment and I was feeling, um, I was feeling doubtful on whether or not I could accomplish the goal of buying my house because of this sudden room fee that I was bombarded with, I 
was just thinking about like, I, you know, I can't do this. How, how can I add this onto my li-? Like, I was just feeling super overwhelmed with it. And I forgot where I was going with that. But um, I was feeling super overwhelmed with it. And I was thinking about like, well, I, you know, okay, here's where I was going to go with that. So I remember in his text to me, he was saying how he applauds me for, you know, my goal of becoming a homeowner and he would do anything that he can to help me achieve that goal. And I think the words are nice, right? You know, I could read words. Anyone could put words together. But the meaning behind these words, the the emotion behind these words are lackluster. And the reason why they are lackluster is because you haven't showed me any of that prior to this. You haven't shown me any sound advice or compassion or understanding or just steps that I could take to move forward in this path. You, we've never had a conversation. <laughs> what? Like, what? And that's why I think it's so laughable. Like, you think I'm boo boo the fool? You don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck. And maybe, and I don't think. Look, I don't want to just sound so negative. Like, sure, I'm sure he cares, right? <laughs> I'm saying that with a freaking bunny ears but I think it's hard to receive that or believe that really when you don't really care to get to know me when you don't really make the effort to converse with me and see how I'm doing or see what steps I am in this process just the other day I was in the car with the family friend that I was talking about right and he was asking me updates on how my planning is going for for my for my goal and I just that's that means a lot to me like wow you remember hey this is my goal hey you care and hey you're just checking in to see how's it going like that's what I like and that's what I would have liked from my very own blood so for him to text me that and then say like, I'm just supposed to believe that. No, you don't. No, you wouldn't do anything you could in your power to make sure I accomplish this goal. Like, no, you just want to complete this business transaction. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it just feels more like a professional relationship. Um, I remember when I sent him my, my rent, <laughs> my room fee, and I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to keep it professional too on my end because obviously the times when I would try to be um gen not genuine I mean I'm always genuine but when I would try to be warm and um just more present he just wouldn't give me the energy in return so I remember when I sent him the (laughs) my rent and I was like I just texted him a text to confirm if he received it, like, hi, confirming if you received my my payment. And the fact that I even had to write it out like that, it just seems so professional. Like, where is this, where is this in family? Like, I don't want this type of family where I'm sending you this text in this format. Like, where is the love? Where is the... Where is the love? Like, where is the love? Shit, I'm just, I just started saying that. You know, I'm just, look, too damn professional for me. Too damn professional for me. Like, if that was the case, honestly, 
I don't know. I'm trying not to re- have regrets in my life, right? I'm trying to... I'm trying to not regret, ultimately, right? You know, they say, don't have any regrets, have no regrets. A bitch is feeling remorseful, okay? A bitch is feeling remorseful because I just really didn't think it was necessarily possible to um, save while living alone in an apartment and safe up for a house. Like, I was just immediately thinking negatively about it. And I just assume, okay, well, me staying with family would be the right choice for me because I will be able to save more aggressively and I will put my my ducks in a row. And since he hit me with the whole, hey, you actually got to pay and this is the amount that I want you to pay. <laughs> it just threw me for a loop. Because you should have had that conversation with me prior. And I'm going to stamp that some more. It's not about being cheap or anything. Look, there are examples of motherfuckers. I'm not like alone, right? Like there are people who stay with family and don't pay necessarily the amount that I'm paying. Let's say that one. And who isn't or even paying at all. But, you know, whatever. You know, I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. I'm speaking that over myself. And I've been feeling that way. I've been standing in that knowingness of I can do this. I can overcome this. I can fight this battle and win, right? Um, it's just a motherfucking principle. That's just what it is. You know, like, it's just a principle. You know, just whole professional-ass relationship that I have with my family down here. It's just really, it's... um. It's unnerving, it's unfortunate, and I, you know, some people may be saying, well, just go back home to your family in Boston, and that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> that's not, oh, because these people are not like my family back home in Boston, that means I gotta go back home in Boston? No, that's not, what, that's not what it is, that's not the resolution. The resolution is just accepting people for where they are, right, for who they are, too, and understanding, wow, I am grateful to have had or to just still have, they're not, not in my life anymore, but you know, I'm grateful to have been brought up with the family that I know, um, the family that I grew up with in Boston, compared to my family here, it's just, um, you know, I'm more grateful, let's say that, I'm more grateful, gratitude is becoming of me more and more, and that's, and that's what it looks like, you know, I think, we need to reshape what love or like looks like in our relationships. I encourage everyone to just really give a fuck about each other. Like, fuck. <laughs> give a fuck about people. You know, there is um, there's community to be had with people. We are not in this world alone. We are not an island. And sometimes it feels like that. Sometimes we want to be alone. And that's fine sometimes. But there's also so much value in community. I classify myself as an ambivert because as much as I love my introverted side, I love myself, I love being with myself. And I say with on purpose because I see myself as an existential being. I also value and enjoy time with my community whether my community is my my work colleagues whether my community is my my friends whomever I enjoy quality time with people who I actually enjoy time with who I actually call friend and um that's why I see myself as an ambivert because there is there's power in both sides and to just go through life alone or 
like you're alone is just is not is not the battle that you're supposed to fight really so anyway, i say all this to say don't stop tough loving motherfuckers stop thinking you not checking in on them is okay stop thinking you going about your life and not reaching out to any one of your friends is okay and even though because you know i talked about how I've had, like, I was friends with someone, and I'm still friends with her, but we're just not as close anymore. We don't talk like that anymore, but we do check in. It's really me checking in on her, but I've reached out to her a couple of times, and I've always been the one to reach out to her, and this is my college friend. Me and her were, like, best friends in college and undergrad, and just this past couple of weeks, I reached out to her, see how she's doing, how's it going, and you know, hope you're doing well, and sometimes you just gotta reach out to motherfuckers, like, make people feel like they are valuable, and I'm sure they already feel valuable in their lives by other people, right, or just by themselves, but it also feels good to know that you made them feel good, right, um, so when I reached out to her, um, she responded, she was like, wow, you know, that really is so sweet of you to reach out, thank you so much, like, you don't know what people are going through, you don't know, what they're battling, what they're carrying on their back. And to know that, oh, wow, you took five minutes out of your day to text me, to have this text conversation, to even transfer it over the phone, that means a lot. So we need to be more mindful of other people. Like We need to reach out to folks. And even though, like I said, I have been the one to do more of the reaching out to with her and other people hell maybe that's just my place in the world maybe that's just what it is that I have to keep on doing but it does it does also help me to not think about myself it helps me to not focus on whatever problem I'm trying to overcome it helps me to put my energy somewhere else oh child I remember when I spoke to her I was uh we was you know giving updates on each other and I was asking, you know, how's it going? How are you handling the pandemic? You know, how's, you know, how's life? And she, a couple of months ago, moved to LA. She's been meaning to move there. And she had to move back to Boston. And of course, I'm sure she didn't necessarily want to, but she, considering how just the state of the state was, the, the state of affairs were in LA, it was hard to find a new job, her, her, her current job was furloughed, and she was just going through a hard time, and her parents just welcomed her, encouraged her to come right back home, and so she did, but I'm sure that, that helped, that, um, that transition wasn't easy, you know, she, imagine, imagine moving to a whole new place, with your goals, with your, with your perspective on life, with the, the the dream that you have for yourself in this new area and just for it to be shut down it's really crippling it really is crippling so when she was sharing all of that I was I was hearing her I was receptive to what she was saying I responded with care I offered you know maybe you could try this to help with you know your mood and just making her feel like, you know, this this too shall pass. You you can go through it, right? You can move forward. You can, you can. You know, just uplifting. I'm good with uplifting. Sometimes it's funny because I'm 
I'll be down on myself, but then who I could give a good word to somebody else. Right. But I, I'm working on that. I've been better, but I definitely see that has something that I still need to work on. And when she returned the conversation back to me and was like, how are you doing? And I just said, you know, I, you know, am grieving my the loss of Joanna. And um, sometimes I go through moments of panic attacks and X, Y, and Z. And uh, she responded quickly and she was like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I respect you so much for even caring to hear what I was going through, knowing that you lost someone. I didn't experience that. And I know how close you were to her. And that was just a moment that we had. You know how beautiful that was? And to know that, you know, even in my pain, even in my grief, I could still be a friend to you. I could still hear you and still be present in our conversation, in our relationship, etc. And that's what I am looking for. And that's what I would want. And that's what I actually want in some of my family relationships here. And it's just unfortunate to not experience that here. And it's just, just kind of is what it is, you know? It's just, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm fine. And I think, you know, I think about how I was raised and my upbringing that will always stay with me. So that fuels me whenever I do feel lonely down here in, in this house. Uh, that fuels me to know that, okay, I'm loved. Yeah, they show it differently down here, but... I know I'm loved back home. Like I know I'm I'm taken I'm taken care of. I am taken for as um as someone who is valued. So I say all that to say, stop tough loving motherfuckers. Stop acting like you don't really care or stop not caring about other people. <laughs> stop not giving a fuck about what people are going through and start caring start asking questions start being present especially during this time tis the season all of that just give a fuck about other people okay that's all i gotta say goodbye